So I grew up a Christian, and then I was an atheist, and then I was a witch, and this is going to be part one of the story of how I ultimately ended up reverting to Islam. I took my Shahada a little over a week ago, and I am so happy. I have never felt this much peace, but it is a long and involved and difficult story. And so I just want to say that if you are not grown, please run this story by your parents before you watch it. There are just definitely parts that are not friendly for people who are not grown, okay? I'm not trying to be mean. Please run it by your parents. So anyway, I was born into a Christian church, and throughout this story, I want to make it clear that the Christianity that I experienced, I, when I speak on it, I am specifically speaking on the church that I grew up in and on what I experienced. I'm not generalizing everybody. Um, this also doesn't apply to the family and friends who are still in my life, who are still very devout Christians. Like, mommy, I am not talking about you. You are a beautiful and pure spirit, so this is not about you, okay? But anyway, growing up, I feel like I always heard about God's love, God's love, God's love, and I never seemed to see it from the members of the church. I saw a lot of performative faith, I saw a lot of gossip, I saw a lot of power struggles, and I saw a lot of judgment. And something that became just very clear to me over the years was that while on the surface women were respected, when you scratched that surface even a little bit, there was a very dark undercurrent of how women were considered and treated. And to add on to all of that, I am neurodivergent, and I am also a questioner, and I was always an outcast. Always. Now, all of this came to a head when I had just graduated high school. I was 18 years old. My father had a very, very public affair. I mean, he, he brought this woman into our home. He brought her to family events and introduced her as his friend, but the vibes were very obvious. It was extremely disrespectful to our family, extremely disrespectful to my mother. And on top of all of that, he was drinking a lot, and he would... us, my siblings and myself. And those were very extremely dark days. I remember begging, begging, begging my mother to divorce him. And she finally did which was incredibly brave of her for her situation, her generation, her culture. And do you remember how I said that when you scratched the surface at the church, the way women were treated was just awful? So even knowing the full story, the church cast my mother out for divorcing my father and for failing to forgive him. And then because I supported her, I also became an outcast. Not long after that, I went to college and I started taking anthropology classes. I had no idea what anthropology was, but the name sounded cool. My entire life at this church, I had been told things like that the earth was 6,000 years old, that dinosaurs weren't real and their bones were just placed on earth by Satan to confuse us. You know, it, it just seemed like everything that came, came up as a scientific discovery was some kind of science conspiracy, and I believed that. And in college, taking anthropology, seeing the history of human evolution laid out and all of the evidence, the ample evidence, I was enraged. I was enraged. I, I felt like I had been lied to my entire life. I had been lied to my entire life. And when you combine that with the pain of being cast out of the church that I had gone to since I was five days old for something that was not my fault, that I didn't do, I became... I left. I left. I became an atheist completely. 
And more than that, I mean, I became a nihilist, which is really centered around everything is meaningless, God is dead, like, we are all nothing. And I walked around with so much rage and pain for so many years, but I always felt this little spiritual pull, just a little spiritual pull, just a little tugging. So, following that pull, I began to engage in mysticism, Buddhism, um, like spellcraft and witchcraft, which I think gets a bad rep. It's really like, for me, it was really like lighting candles and burning incense and it was like focused meditation. And nothing really gave me peace. Like, I think a lot of these practices made me feel better. Like they were, they were good hobbies. It was like doing yoga for me. Like, it felt good, but it did not fill me up, if that makes sense. And I still classified and considered myself an atheist, um, even though I was dabbling in spirituality and that kind of thing, because atheism was the only thing I could prove. And I had become, a, and I still am, a very staunch advocate against religious indoctrination. Because it's not a good feeling to realize that you've been lied to your entire life. And I feel like over the years I had sort of started to heal, but it always felt like something wasn't quite right, something wasn't quite clicking. There was that hole, there was that tugging. And then we come to the year 2020, which was the worst year of my life. And I haven't even, I didn't even put all of the details of that terrible, terrible year in, in my last version of this. So at the time I was working online as an English teacher for um, kids in China. And as we all know, a lovely illness came around and my job went completely belly up. And then the next thing you know, the entire world is on lockdown. And I managed to get like a temporary position in an office for like four hours a day. And so that was barely getting me through, but it was getting me through. Then without any warning, which I had been promised that I would be given at least a couple weeks notice, or even given the opportunity to apply for the position I was temping in, Without any warning, they told me, oh, it's going to be your last week. We hired somebody. So that was devastating. Now, the same week that that happened, the same week that I found out that I was losing my only income, I was brutally essayed by a man. And I'm having a hard time making eye contact with the screen here. But when I say brutally, I mean that I almost did not survive that experience. And I have a tendency to trauma dump this story, so I'm going to try not to do that, and I'm not going to give details. But I was very lucky to be alive. I was humiliated. It was horrific. And I'm only sharing this part because it's an important detail. But he had added something to what I was drinking. And unfortunately, it did not make me sleep. It just made me paralyzed, completely unable to move. And if you, if you know, you know, but if you haven't experienced being completely unable to move your body to defend yourself while something terrible is happening, that is not something I would wish on anybody. Sorry, I had to take a moment. Like I said, that part was an important detail. So I was completely broken apart. I was responsible. I took medication to make sure that nothing resulted from that. But I couldn't bring myself to go to an ER. I couldn't bring myself to go to a doctor. I finally went about three weeks later. 
And at that point, they couldn't do any kind of evidence collection, but um, I needed to make sure that I hadn't been given anything. And I had just walked in my front door, just gotten home, when my phone rang, and it was the doctor. And I knew that if she was calling me, it was something very serious, and I mean, my heart stopped. And that is when she told me that I was pregnant. And obviously it had resulted from that, like the medication that I had gotten did not work. I think I dropped like a stone to the floor, just sobbing and sobbing. I think I scared the doctor. And that is where I'm going to leave you and go into a part two.